Blog Talk Radio.
Father Time has uh, really taken us into the future here, and school was very musical. That school she went to was called Washington School, and they had a good musical health because they had a great music teacher, and they also had the teacher, the fifth grade teacher that she had was the teacher of the year uh, in that district, and so they really wow. taught them well. Had a great musical health. The other thing I did, uh, <clears throat> me and Jelena and my cousin, we went to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. And, oh, uh, last week. Yes, and we and I got to go backstage and hang out with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I met Verdine White, and we met Ralph Johnson and Philip Bailey and John Paris and Roy, the guitar player, and we kicked it with them, and Jelena loved the show, and they were like, it was their 40th. 40th anniversary show. They've been around for 40 years, and it was a laser show, and they did all the great songs, Fantasy and Reasons and, you know, Let's Groove Tonight, and we were just having a fun, fun family time, and it was wonderful. They sold T-shirts, and they were giving away stuff to nonprofit uh, um, different people out in the communities doing different works, and... Um, it was, it was fantastic, and I took pictures, and I'm gonna I'm gonna upload them eventually. But I took pictures, and I'm gonna put them on my little Facebook out there, and you guys could check them out. <laughs> that is that is great, Jay. That is just amazing, just how how people can just give back, how musicians can give back, and like just the nonprofit aspect of that just really just adds a lot of power without any was, doubt whatsoever, Jay. It was great, and uh, they were sponsored by uh, Monster Cable, and Monster Cable was giving away stuff to nonprofits also. And it's great how these companies get together and help kids. You know, they were giving giving money to the Hanson Foundations and to the Children Foundations, and it's wonderful to see how they give back. And that's what most of these groups need to do, including Fish and uh, Hootie and the Blowfish or whoever. <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish or Fish Phone or. Some other bands that don't have any like um, underwater animals or creatures and a play of their words on their names. But yes, that is beautiful. So I just wanted to update everyone um, as we're waiting for our first guest um, to join us. Is last week we were talking about Apple's about to release the iCloud and what is it going to be and. Is it going to be this big music thing? Is it going to be streaming everything? Is it going to be downloading things? Is it going to be free? Is it going to cost money? And I think it's just really cool just that it's got this thing where called iTunes Match where you could, where you pay a $25 a year fee and Apple will scan your hard drive from all your MP3s, whether they're things you bought from Apple or from Amazon, or ripped them from your old CDs. And I have a lot of old, a lot of CDs I ripped music from when I first got my digital system. And all these scratchy tracks and stuff, they replaced them with brand new stuff, and they put and with the full quality. And I think that could be a big game changer as we keep on talking about clouds and music lockers and all this really cool stuff. And Jay, I know you had some just think opinions about that, and what and what was what were what are your thoughts on that? I love the idea, but I, I had a couple of my comrades and friends. They were um, they were kind of being um, they were afraid that it would invade their privacy, in that they had a lot of tracks that weren't iTunes tracks and iTunes 
iCloud might erase some of their catalog that they probably got illegally. I don't do that kind of stuff out there. I just want you to know, but I have friends that they kind of, you know, they have extra songs in the catalog that might not necessarily be iTunes, quote-unquote, songs. So you guys know who you are. And they were kind of afraid that if they joined iCloud, that iTunes would discover them or find them out and, you know, probably give them some type of penalty or remove their catalog or, you know, lose their stuff or invade their privacy. So that, that was some of the concerns that the, the public has. You know, hey, all my stuff is going to be on a hard drive somewhere out in the galaxy of hard drives. They're going to see everything I have on my hard drive. So, ooh, you know, so I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. So maybe you can clear that up some a little, Ian, because that was a concern that uh, most of my friends had. Absolutely. I think that that's a little unclear. I mean, the big thing that's been reported is Apple has paid a lot of money to all of the major labels, all the major record labels like Sony and Universal and all the big all the big labels said that in a way that it's, from what I understand, it's like an amnesty. It's, Apple has finally found a way for for record companies to make money from music that was acquired by the users that wasn't necessarily from from paying them directly. So in some ways it's a big win for them. In some ways like recouping some of those losses from just decades of just a new business model. But Jay, you know what, Jay? I'd like to um, table this for, for a few minutes because we have our very first guest of the day on. Are you ready, Jay? I sure am. Absolutely. We're coming live from Washington, D.C. That is our nation's capital, and I have Davida here. Hi, how are you today? Good, Ian. How are you? Excellent. Welcome. It's Ian here in New York, and also I'm Davida. Meet Jay. Jay's out in California. Say hello. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? We're doing great out here in California. Funny, got some fun. <laughs> yes, it's a funny thing in California. Yes, yeah, so so Jay was I was sharing um, about about you, Javi, that you that you're a mother and how old your son now? Yes, my son just turned two and a half. Um, his name is Francis, or as he'll tell you, he is two and a half of two. Two and a half of two. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 what kind of music are you bringing into his life, and what, and and even at the two and a half or two and a half of two, is he bringing into your life? Yes. Well, my husband um, has always been a huge Metallica fan, and it was something he warned me about when we were dating. Um, hmm. So. He was really happy when I was probably pregnant, maybe, and we got the Nintendo rock band for the um, with all the Metallica songs on it. And my husband would stand there and play it, um, and kind of set up our son on the couch to watch him. And then as my son got older, he would even put my son up on the couch and set my son up with the drums, and they would pretend to play, you know, play the Metallica rock band for Nintendo. Um, like that. And now my son is a huge Metallica fan and he knows 
lyrics, and he knows about the band members, and he can tell you about Dave Mustaine, who got kicked out of the band and started Megadeth, and he requests Metallica in the car on our iPods. Um, so that's that's the big one that we are bringing in, that my husband has brought into his life. That wouldn't have been my choice. Um, but it's really cute, and I think it's given my son a sense of um, what music can really do when you see those concert videos and how excited everyone is. Wow. And... Does really just did that really influence and how does that that Metallica connection um have a like build that bond between father and son from your experience? Yeah, it's really cute. Um and they talk about they'll pre- my son will pretend to be the Metallica band members. He'll say, I'm Lars because 'cause I'm playing the drums and, and you're James because you're on the guitar and, and they'll get out those um Nintendo you know, plastic guitars and play on those. Luckily, my husband does know, you know, does have a real guitar or two. So um, my son's exposed to some real music, too. <laughs> but it, it gives my son a framework, I guess, for his uh, his imagination. Uh, absolutely. And, like, outside of that world, like, like what other kinds of music um, are played in the house, in the car, on TV? Yeah, well, I am trying to really expand outside of that Metallica. I think it's a great start, but um, when um, my husband and my son watched the Star Wars movies together, I guess they needed more bonding time besides just Metallica. My my son started asking for the Darth Vader song um, and trying to hum along with it. So (laughs) I went to the library and I got a whole bunch of John Williams CDs with all the... um, you know, with all the themes on it. And I didn't know John Williams did the music to so many different movies, um, Jurassic Park and E.T. and everything like that, too. And it's great music, and my son loves it. And he really associated the music with the characters and would ask for the Star Wars song or Princess Leia song or Darth Vader. So that made me think I should also start him on um, Peter and the Wolf, which is really, I think, the classic for that, with where each character has a different theme and a different instrument. And we looked up some of the instruments on YouTube and um, and make a point to visit jazz band concerts where you'll see a clarinet and you'll see a trombone and things like that. So it's really fun exploring. You know, you start with uh, a pop culture reference and, and see where it goes from there. Wow, that is amazing. Um, Jay, you have any questions? And where it is that it's just... Yeah, so in terms of, like, instrument exposure, just being at a young age, playing with these plastic guitars and watching it, do you see his musical aspirations and playing music himself and just, like, and just even making music? Exactly. He identifies with, you know, we go see a free band in the park and he wants to know the guy's names, um, who's the guitar player, who's the trumpet player, who's the person at the microphone so that he can pretend to be them later, pretend to be the, the musician. So I think that's really cute and cool. And, and, you know, he doesn't have to know that musicians are really terrible role models for a few years. <laughs> a few years. Have you right. actually took him, have you took him to a Metallica concert? Have you, have you went to see I, them live? I took my husband to a Metallica concert um, maybe five years ago. We, we still think my two-and-a-half-year-old is a little too young, um, but we're we're talking about it. 
and maybe we'll get some earplugs and try it out because that music is really loud. <laughs> Absolutely, and just to think that that this fall they're playing at Yankee Stadium, where I'm just just imagining. I just still I'm just picturing the day Mariano Rivera retires, and you know that, and I'm sure that either the entire band will be there or or James will be there to play Enter Sandman. Exactly. I mean, it's the kind of music that definitely gets you pumped up to to step up to the plate. So you should see fans just running all over the house. Absolutely. Yes. So, yes. I'd like to now go back a little further in time, even before you met your husband, and when you were a child, and what was it like growing up, and the music that you experienced just as a child that. Like whether it was from your parents or from school or from other places in your life. That's a great question. My my family was not. I mean, we're we're musical. We we played instruments, but my parents mostly would listen to um, the oldies, which I guess growing up was mostly music from the the late fifties and sixties and maybe early seventies, and the Goldie Oldie channels. If you think of, um, I guess of course Beatles, but Beach Boys and Motown and. Um, a little bit of disco, not so much, but that's what I remember. I grew up in the suburbs and driving around to my parents with my parents listening to that stuff. Um, and then we moved to Atlanta, and uh, I just I swore I would never like country music, but in a bunch of the carpools I was in, the moms and my friends would listen to country music, and I, I actually started liking it. And the funny thing about country music is the same songs they were playing then, 10 and 15 years ago, um, they're still playing now on the radio too. <laughs> so I it's always it always sounds familiar to me. Well I know that country that I know at least something very surprising in urban centers like here in New York where there is no country station, that country is the number one radio format in the United States. There are more country stations than any other kind of radio station format in this in our nation. I believe it. I mean, it's good stuff to sing along to. Um, oh, and the other musical musical experience I wanted to mention with my mother used to take me out of Sunday school when I was in third and fourth grade to go see opera downtown in Chicago at the Chicago Opera House. Um, I saw maybe three or four operas with her, and I still love it to this day and try and make a point of seeing an opera a year. And it's a great great, beautiful cultural art form. That That is just beautiful, just like bringing it all together. Like, like, what was your first concert? I would say um, when I was in high school, I went to a Bon Jovi concert. And I would say that was my first one, which now actually my son is learning a couple of Bon Jovi songs too. He likes um, You Give Love a Bad Name. Well, yep, certainly that 80s era when they first just came to Providence. Right. I was, yeah, probably a little young for that, but uh, still good music, and he's still going strong. So, I mean, Bon Jovi is. Absolutely. Jay, um, you had a question I heard? Yeah, I would like to know her favorite. What's your favorite instrument? My favorite instrument. Excellent question. Um, I learned some piano growing up. I learned a little bit of trombone. 
my brother is a great clarinetist, so I'm going to say clarinet, actually. Um, it, it can do the, the melody, and it supports, and I'm Jewish, so it has a little bit of that klezmer jazz sound, too. It's pretty classic. And, and, and I just wanted to know that you take on Ian in a clarinet, a clarinet battle. I just wanted to know, could you think you could take him on? The battles of the... What was the that? Of the, oh, that was a clarinet sound. That's right. You know, I was wondering if you could if you could take take on Ian if you guys had a a, a clarinet duet that you take him on in a battle. <laughs> clarinet battle. Yeah, I, I don't also put it to put it to again. I have not touched the clarinet since high school. Okay, maybe two years later That's I tried right. playing it and it was just and it just I was just more like I'm just super rusty. Well, you know, not you. I was showing my friend pictures of Benny Goodman on the computer lot the other night, and I was explaining how back then the clarinet was really cool. And my son, you know, he's two and a half, so he, he goes, "Why?" <laughs> and I said, "I don't know, but it was." Well, what it's, it's that, out there? I mean, I was the only male in my entire section. Maybe like. At one point in sixth grade, there were two other boys who played clarinet. Other than that, it was me and a, and a big group of girls from fourth grade through the end of high school. Wow, that sounds like the best best instrument to play, then. You had all those girls yeah, around you. <laughs> and you probably had she all the guys. With the, she, she had all the guys around her because she had a trombone. You, that's, you guys are fucking <laughs> met. She had the trombone and that's you had okay. the clarinet. <laughs> I never seen a girl. So. I never seen a girl with a trombone, so you're special because you know most guys want to play the tuba and the trombone and the bass clef, and so you're you're a special person. I, I'm I'm glad to talk to you because you're one of the first uh, guests we had on the show that played trombone, uh, female. So this is a this is a wonderful show with you on it. You probably why did you pick that instrument? I just I'm curious. Honestly, I, I kind of like being in the front. I knew they were in the front of the marching band, and um, <laughs> they, you know, with the slide, they had to have some room. So I didn't realize that they, all the music they played was usually bass and in the background. <laughs> so it wasn't such a good fit. So how long did you do that? Just about a year, not long. And, and you, you learned to read the bass class and all that stuff? You did all that stuff and carried that big, heavy instrument? What was your question? I said you learned how to play. You learned how to read the bass clef, and you carried that right. heavy instrument around at home, home and back, like you took it home to practice. And you know what I remember about it was um, emptying the spit valve. That was very exciting <laughs> when you were in fourth grade. <laughs> what did your girlfriend say? Like, did you have girlfriends that why you why are you playing the trombone? Did they say anything, object to it, or was it something that was cool? No, it, it was a little weird. I was not. I think I remember a delicate girl in my class who ended up playing a trumpet, and uh, the short, fat guy ended up playing flute. So maybe we just had a, <laughs> a class of breaking <laughs> barriers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you guys definitely did. Um, when, did you, when did you switch to clarinet? When, what made you do that? Oh, I was never, no, I never did the clarinet, actually. My brother was a champion clarinetist and, and took it oh. um, with all the woodwinds. And like you said, Ian, that you stayed with it with the girls. My brother switched um, 
to saxophone and to other woodwind instruments. Okay. Yes, oh. and that, that that always that did tend to happen. Seeing lots of clarinet players go to the saxophone, or even I've seen that sometimes even the soprano sax, which is obviously which, which yeah. seems like it's a clarinet, but it's just a saxophone, which right. which has probably been made famous by Kenny G for better and for worse. Yeah, exactly. Not a great role model, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not the coolest. Another question, question to her, who's your favorite rock band like out there? Like, Who would be your favorite as you were coming up? Did you have any favorite rock band or pop band or that you enjoyed? No, no. I, I listened to the radio a whole bunch, um, and I eventually rebelled against my parents' Goldie Oldies and, and had found my own country in Top 40. Um, but I wasn't ever into, like, one group. I can't think of that many groups that I would go see. I, I like I, Right now I like the... You know, I like the single pop artists like Madonna, of course, very classic, or the singer-songwriters like Mary Chapin Carpenter, folk music, almost like that. So you didn't like, like, Alabama or Tom Sawyer Brown or any of those? You didn't like any of those? Brooks uh... and Dunn. I, I do like Brooks and Dunn. I think they're pretty funny. But I think they just broke up now. So maybe I'll, I'll catch a reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? As long as they're al- as long as the original band members are alive, they can reunite. I mean, seriously, I mean, towns are touring this summer. I'm sure that I'm sure that if I'm sure that if John Lennon did not die in 1980, there would have been a Beatles reunion tour at some point. That's right. If there's money to be made, they'll reunite. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look at the Who. There's only two surviving members, and they still tour as the Who. I know. Who's missing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say that. Uh, what about today's country music? Do you, do you like where it's headed now? Is it too powdered down, or what do you think about the new young, the new young artists that are coming out that's doing this kind of pop country style? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind pop country. Taylor Swift even writing about how her day is going, that's fine. Um, I'd rather have that kind of boring song than I don't like the songs about um, how great things were back in the old days in the small towns because I don't really think that they were that great for everybody back then. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I like the funny songs and the ones that give a little bit of advice and the ones you can dance to and stuff. I like country. It pretty much makes me happy. Okay. Like Leanne Ryan? Like, do you like Leanne Ryan? Yeah. You like Leanne Ryan? Yeah, I like Leanne Ryan. She's, uh, yeah, she was young back in the day. She's, uh, I guess she was on her second marriage now, right? <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> what about, yep. did you see, did you get, did you get what I want to ask you about, did you get a chance to see the American Idol this year? I, Steven Tyler creeps me out, so I could not watch um, American Idol this year. Um, I do like Aerosmith has a great cover of Oscar the Grouch's song, I Love Trash. 
Um, I recently <laughs> discovered that, and I, I like that one Aerosmith song, but I could not watch Steven Tyler on TV. He was disgusting. Well, you had a country artist that won. That's why I was asking because. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I like um. Well, the, the year Carrie Underwood won American Idol. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to listen to. Um, I don't think you should ever let Jesus take control of your car, though. But other than that, <laughs> I, I don't mind American Idol. It's fun and family appropriate for the most part. Right. Well, this year a country artist, a country artist won. So I just wanted to know if you heard his voice, but you'll hear him because he'll be out there. Yeah. Well, I have to sneak back to my office. All right. All right. Well, we well we thank you very much for joining us. And in in five seconds, what would be your advice to your fellow parents about just about just raising children and and exposing them to music or not? Definitely expose your kids to music. I felt underexposed when I was a kid. Just start start with what you like, like Metallica, and then branch it off to all different kinds of music. Kids don't have filters, so, so they'll love it. And don't be afraid to sing. My friend said that was one of the best part of, parts about having kids, was, was they love your singing voice, <laughs> no matter who they are and what your singing voice sounds like. Wow. <laughs> so you have an audience more than just a shower. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us. And, um, and you know what? You have an excellent day. Thank you, you too, Ian and Jay. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was that was fun. Of Davida Steinberg, everybody. Like Jay, that certainly just says you like to say a strong level of musical health. As and I think one thing that was just really telling is how can she said how she didn't feel she got that much exposure as a child and to see that turn around as an adult, just exposing just very, all these different things to her son. Right. That's very good because, you know, if you don't, your kid will live in a shell. So you want, you want to expose music to them and get them to sing along with you and express themselves because that's all music is and it's expression. And if you don't do that and share that with your children, guess what? They grow up without that gift of expression and creativity, and they become like a boring person, and that's what you do not want them to do. You want them to enjoy this thing we call life. And having a great musical health is part of having a great life. So yeah, this is good yeah. that she said. Yeah, I mean, you want to be able to appreciate things. I'm, I'm, like, I mean, this is a little, it's definitely not tape for work, what I'm about to say, but I'm, um, but Jay, did do you watch South Park at all? Particularly last night's episode. I didn't see it lately, but yes, I love South Park. <laughs> no, no, but last night's episode was about about just growing older, and just certain music just doesn't sound right anymore, and it just sounds just bad. And the idea of just appreciating things for what they are, and the fact that. I can certainly say, like, and the one big theme that's got on in this show has been, like, not, I mean, embracing what you used to like. It might not be your favorite band anymore, but don't just completely ignore it and trash it and just say, this is just bad, or this was just a phase, or I don't know how I liked it. 
the fact that, I mean, just the fact that I, there were songs which I would never be caught dead even singing in the shower anymore, but they're still on my iPod or they're still on my computer, and I still am able to listen to them and even get that nostalgic value from them. Right. Uh, yeah, that seems to be a, a lot to do with our culture. Um, when we, we uh, me and you enjoy going over to other countries, and they don't usually take the music and kind of put it in an area where it's old or branded or throw it in the trash. They like the older music and uh, and the new music, where it seems like, and I'm not coming down on our country, I love America, but it seems like we over here, you know, when something gets old, we're ready to move on to the next right idea. And that's a good thing that you said, Ian, you know, when stuff, stuff gets old, don't bash it. Don't just say, why did I listen to it? Don't question yourself. You know, keep keep the old stuff and the new stuff because uh, those are your roots. That's how you became you, you know. So I would hope that our listening audience out there will always keep in mind that, you know, even though Donny Osmond and Marie Osmond might get old, still love them because they still are roots or the Beatles or whatever we grew up on. Keep that in heart. And also enjoy the new stuff that's coming out, too. Don't just throw the old in the garbage, you know. You're absolutely right, Ian. Absolutely. And even, like, throwing away the old CDs or records. Like, there's even, like, a quality to just the old things. Like, I know, like, our friend Gail has been on the show a few times, like, mentioning how sales of vinyl records have picked up in the last few years. And how DJs of all different kinds have been using records for years or even, like, creating, like, on the computer, like, digital sounds to even mimic, like, the old things because some things can't be copied and some things, once they're lost, they're lost. I mean, it's like going back to the digital cloud where it's great that we're able to have so much storage and, one thing which I shared last week about cloud computing and especially with music is it provides a permanent, I repeat, permanent place to store your music to the fact where it's not even physical anymore. It's This is my music. It's, in, it's not just in my memory anymore, but it's the place where at any given second, with the help of this magical thing that Al Gore invented called the Internet, that you're able to have it. Right. Like, we've just got a lot of abundance out there. And it's really, it's just like everything else. It's about how do you get this stuff exposed to to kids? And how do you get that? And that's, that's, that's where it is. And I'm, that's amazing, just. Just about, imagine we get two-year-old kids to a Metallica concert. I'm sure it's happened before. But wow. Ah. Wow. Well, so, um. Yeah, so, so Jay, you know what? I, um, do you have any final thoughts or anything else you'd love to share with the audience today about really just the relationships and just being able to expose and being able to just adapt and just really to improve the lives of those who come after us. Well, something, something happened to me musically at the Earth Wind of Our show. I forgot to mention it. 
you know, I grew up with them. And um, the drummer on Earth, Wind & Fire used to be my drummer in my, in my high school band. And I high school? Him. Wow. Yes, his name is John Paris. So, John, when we were kids, we used to want to be Earth, Wind & Fire. So one of the guys in our band decided that John couldn't play Shining Star. He got so upset with John, he decided to kick John out of the band. If he couldn't play the Earth, Wind, and Fire song, Shining Star. So now I look, you know, 30, 40 years later, and now John is the drummer for Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> so that's, that's what I want to share. You never know. You know, you never know where you end up in your musical health. You never know what can happen to you. Because who would have thought that same little boy that played drums, that couldn't play Shining Star, would end up being the drummer for the most, one of the most famous bands in the world, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Same little kid. And as I was listening to their song, their songs, it took me into that time machine thing. And every song they played, I could remember exactly what I was doing, who I fell in love with, what school I was going to, where I was sleeping, where I was living, listening to all of their hits. And that would happen if I was listening to the Rolling Stones or even Paul McCartney or even Fish. You know, it just take, it just took me in time, that concert. And that's what's going to happen to you, Ian, when you go see Fish. It's going to just take you in time, and you're going to see your whole musical health, and you're going to, you're going to know what you were doing at that given time, and you're just going to have a great time. So I just wanted to share absolutely. that with our audience. It was wonderful. Absolutely. We, absolutely. So, Jay, thank you so much once again. Thank you to Davina Steinberg. And, you know, the, the, Jay, do you want to know what next week's show is? Do you want to share with the audience what next week's Parents Kids Music Spectacular will be? Yeah, I want to know. Let's find out. All right. All right. Well, we'll find out next time. No, we'll find out right now. <laughs> next week, Parents Kids Music will be on Thursday. That will be Thursday. That is the 16th of June. We are already almost halfway through June. We're almost hit about to hit the official month, beginning of summer, and we're also almost a month away from my birthday. It will be at the same time, 3 p.m. in New York and on the East Coast, 12 noon in California, Pacific time, and I'm not sure what time it will be on in Japan, but we hope that it, our, all our Japanese fans will listen, too. So thank you very much, Jay. What an excellent show, and we'll, we'll hear you next week. And also, uh, and also we like to say, what is your treasure.net, Ian? What is your treasure.net? What is my treasure.net? My treasure is that I got a haircut today, and I basically have a matching haircut with Jay because all my hair is gone. I mean, <laughs> beautiful, and, and uh, I just feel really just open and just happy, and that there's a lot of great things going on right now in this world and in my life and in the lives of others. That is my treasure today. And how about you, Jay? Uh, my treasure.net is not for the A's to lose 12 in a row. <laughs> well, you got, well, you've got former one-time Yankee third-string catcher Bob Melvin as your new manager. <laughs> right. He was barely on the Yankees. 
but I know right. he played for the Yankees, I believe, like in 1995. And right. he's actually had a pretty decent career as a manager, like like managing uh, managing the Mariners and the Diamondbacks. I'm not sure if he's managed some other teams, but now he's the manager of the A's. So I wish you the best of luck out there <laughs> in out there in Oakland, California, where you have a starting catcher. Yes, we do, but uh, we can't seem to win, so hopefully we don't lose 12 in a row. And uh, that's my treasure by Ian. <laughs> excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, once again, thank you, Jay. Thank you, David, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll thank see you, you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.